Hello, it's Wednesday, September 22nd. Welcome to Market Color. I'm Brigham Sander Ford with Crosstower. As we continue into this week, we have a lot going on. We'll be bringing you the latest headlines and market trends. We'll also be sharing what our Crosstower team has going on this week. Let's start by bringing in our research analyst, Martin Gaspar, with today's headlines. Good morning, hey Bergen. Uh, this morning's headlines include the SEC chair, Gary Gensler, uh, given a live interview with the Washington Post the other day. He explained why he believes crypto should be regulated and meet policy goals to stop the crypto sector from undermining the stability of the system. Gensler said he will be looking closely at crypto platforms as he believes many crypto tokens have attributes of investment contracts or securities. He believes it is highly likely that these platforms have securities, investment contracts, or notes, or others that fit the definition of security. He calls for the platforms to register with the SEC, but noted that many have not, and he stated that he will keep bringing enforcement cases. Some other comments, uh, the SEC will likely have to coordinate closely with the CFTC uh, because some tokens look more like commodities and others mix attributes of securities with commodities. On stable coins, Gensler said uh, that stable coins may have attributes of investment contracts um, and some have attributes like banking products. Uh, so some interesting comments from him there. Coinbase has dropped its plans to launch its lending product. In its September 20th blog post, Coinbase said that as it continues to work to seek regulatory clarity for the crypto industry as a whole, it's made the difficult decision not to launch its USDC APY program. This came after CEO Brian Armstrong publicly revealed that the US SEC has threatened the exchange with a lawsuit if they launched the lending product. Finally, on the DeFi front, DeFi platform VFinance has, uh, you know, has been exploited for around 35 million. Uh, this is the second major attack of an avalanche platform. VFinance announced the platform was attacked for a total of 8,800 ETH, which is around 26 million, and 214 BTC, around 9 million, on September 20th. The team tweeted the address the hack was launched from and where the stolen funds currently reside. They also have offered a bounty for the bug the hacker identified. Back to you, Bergen. Thank you, Martin. Uh, joining us now is our trader, Chad Steinglass. Chad, what are you seeing in the markets this morning? Morning, Bergen. Looks like it's uh, a great day in New York. It's, about a it's a great day in Miami here too. Um, this morning, we're seeing a little bit of relief, uh, you know, just a recap of kind of what's been going on earlier in the week. Uh, last we left you guys was Monday morning, kind of ran before uh, the U.S. equity market opened, and we've been in a pretty severe downtrend since then. Uh, a lot of the pressure stemming from just kind of a risk spillover from the uh, Evergrande debt crisis, the uh, Chinese real estate uh, developer that is... Uh, uh, in a lot of trouble right now. There's a lot of talk about uh, potential contagion, a lot of talk that it's, um, you know, like Lehman Brothers in 2008. However, uh, last night, just before uh, Chinese equity markets opened, and, and Chinese equity markets had actually been on a holiday Monday and Tuesday, though Hong Kong uh, had been open where Evergrande actually trades in Hong Kong. So Monday and Tuesday had been these, these big uh, kind of, you know, everyone just 
getting risk off, preparing for Evergrande's uh, imminent bankruptcy. Um, but then uh, last night, just before Chinese equity markets opened for the first time since since Friday, uh, Evergrande made an announcement that they'd uh, come come to a deal to pay their uh, the coupon on their bonds that at least their onshore bonds that were due on Thursday. Um, and that offered a large amount of at least very temporary relief. So we saw a reversal of uh, the severe downtrend um, right on that announcement. I, you know, uh, crypto prices are still very beat up from where they were a week ago. Um, but right now there's a little bit of relief in uh, coming from kind of the, the equity world. Um, you know, we've really seen a lot of uh, directional correlation between cryptos and, and equities, just as the uh, kind of the global story has just been this, um, <clears throat> you know, what's the appetite for risk? What's the risk uh, that Evergrande could, could maybe, um, you know, impose on, on the rest of the world? So right now we're seeing a little bit of relief from that risk, but Evergrande is definitely not out of the woods. Uh, this this uh, coupon payment that they uh, have figured out a way to make uh, all that means is it's not imploding today, uh, but they definitely uh, definitely still have a lot of trouble ahead. Um, then, uh, you know, looking ahead to the rest of the day, they, we also have uh, a Fed meeting today. Um, you know, the, the uh, FOMC rates decisions at 2 p.m. And then Powell will hold the press conference at 2.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, there's a lot of anticipation that there will be some, uh, some guidance on when the Fed will start tapering. I think that the a lot of the investment world is hedged and ready for some downward pressure on this, ready for the Fed to, to say that, um, you know, they're not going to start tapering yet, but at least to give some guidance on exactly when they will. Um, conventional wisdom says they're going to start talking about it in November. Um, it's possible that they that that's what happens. It's possible that, uh, especially with the turmoil that's going on right now around Evergrande, that that Powell stays the course. Um, you know, he's been very good at threading the needle in the past. So uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see. I think if if uh, Powell does thread the needle and does just continue, um, you know, saying that inflation is transitory and implying that the uh, the Fed is going to you know stay. Uh, as supportive as possible, as long as possible, until you know, until uh, you know, we reach full employment um, and the economy looks to be uh, trucking again. Uh, there's a possibility that we see some upward, uh, an upward surprise there, as some people who are hedged, uh, ready for uh, some, you know, some negative tone, uh, start to unwind those hedges. So, you know, we're in a we're in a pretty event-driven and volatile market right now. Um, it's going to be uh, interesting today. Uh, today with the Fed meeting, it's going to be interesting. Any any news that comes out on Evergrande, so uh, you know, this trader, it's time to stay nimble. Um, nibble, don't gulp, and uh, you know, just kind of watch the news and see what comes out. Thanks so much. Back to you. Yes, very interesting. Thank you, Chad. Uh, now with more headlines is our data scientist, Catherine Webb. Thank you, Bergen. Investico has filed and registered the Investico Bitcoin uh, Galaxy Bitcoin ETF, a trust with a physical protected um, a physical protected private keys. Uh, 
If approved by the SEC, the Investigo Galaxy Bitcoin ETF will be registered as a securities offering with the ability to get listed on traditional national exchanges in the US. Also, Amplify ETF has filed the second registration for adding a DeFi-centric open-ended ETF fund offering to the already um, a proposed Amplified ETF trust. If approved, this will allow the company to issue unlimited new shares for American investors. FTX has received licenses in Gibraltar and in the Bahamas for two of its subsidiaries. Zuber Exchange Limited is authorized in Gibraltar and has become a distributed ledger technology provider, while FTX Digital Markets is now recognized in the Bahamas as a digital asset business. Coinbase is opening its prime uh, crypto brokerage to all institutional investors. The company's most recent shareholder letter stated that institutional trading accounted for 96% of Coinbase's Q2 quarter trading volume. And next on to mining news, Compass Mining has launched a new service that lets retail miners mine Bitcoin at their own home. This service includes delivering Bitcoin mining machines to the customers, helping connect these machines to F2 mining pools, and providing other support services. The company currently offers three models of Bitcoin miners, ranging in cost from $8,000 to $10,500, and the service is currently only available to US, but plans to expand to Canada and Europe. Um, Genesis Digital Assets has announced a strategic range of $431 million, making it the largest known funding round announced by a Bitcoin mining company. This round was led by Paradigm and also included New York Dig and Stoneridge. Um, moving on to some other funding news, BlockDemon, which is a blockchain infrastructure platform, has closed a Series B fundraising round of $155 million. This gives the company a valuation of $1.2 billion. The round was left by SoftBank, and I'm going to move on a bit fast because there's quite a lot of funding news. So moving next, BitCalc Creator has launched the decentralized social network blockchain with 200 million in funding. And this includes investment from A16Z, Coinbase Ventures, Winklevoss Capital and Polychain Capital. And DSO blockchain aims to become a social media that's accessible and monetized by anyone. Uh, moving on, TrueLayer has closed a £130 million fundraiser that was led by Tiger Global Management, giving the company a valuation of £1 billion, and they will use this raise to scale the business for product development, hiring, and for expansion. And Sora, which is an English football-focused NST trading platform, has announced a £680 million Series B fundraiser round, also, left by, also led by SoftBank. Uh, this um, fundraiser values the company at 4.3 billion and has over 60,000 registered users. Uh, moving on to some funding news, Osprey Funds has launched a Polygon Trust. Uh, this is the first product um, in the US to invest in exclusively in Matic. And the fund is available to all accredited investors for subscriptions with a minimum of $10,000. And the normal 2.5% management fee has been waived until January, 2023. And finally, the former head of Consensus Ventures has launched the Delta Blockchain Fund with a target size of 50 to 100 million. The new Delta, Delta Blockchain Fund was oversubscribed at first close with more than 30 million. The fund will invest in NFTs, DeFi, scalability, and multi-chain interoperability with a focus on decentralized identity. And that's all the news I have. I'll pass you back over to Bergen. Have a nice day. Thank you very much for the updates, Catherine.
Now let's go back to Martin to hear the Twitter breakdown. Yeah, on Twitter, really just a lot of tweets, um, you know, after news broke that someone at the mainnet conference on Monday uh, was apparently served by the SEC. And this was rumored to be Do Kwan, um, you know, from the Terra, Eco, Terra ecosystem. Um, so just, just a lot of shock and, and um, you know, everyone putting their own take on what that could mean. Um, and also just a lot of tweets recently on the dip we're seeing um, seems to be some relief that the 40K level has held for Bitcoin. Um, you know, people are just wondering what is causing the dip. Uh, and, and there seems to be some consensus that it's, it's more about the weakness in equities um, and, and just worries about financial contagion in general. Back to you, Bergen. Thank you, Martin. Um, our Crosstower team also is having a big week. Our co-founder and president, Kristen Boggiano, had a great conversation at the MFA Digital Assets Conference yesterday talking about DeFi. Today, Kristen will be taking part in a virtual panel at the OECD Blockchain Policy Forum talking about ESG for the ecosystem. Look for more on our LinkedIn and Twitter feeds. That wraps up this episode of Market Color. We'll be back Friday with more news and updates. Have a great week, everyone.